Welcome to Rising Tide, a podcast for career-driven women to find inspiration, find courage, and find their voice. On today's episode, I'm joined by Heather Lowey. And I, for the first time in my life, jumped out of an airplane without a parachute, right? I didn't have a plan. And, you know, for 17 years, I'd had a plan. Actually, arguably, every year up to my life, I'd had a plan. As we look at Heather's career, it seems amazing. Starting out, she landed her dream job working with the MBA as a rep at Reebok. From there, she devoted her heart and soul and passion to this career, working on this partnership, growing it, and eventually over the course of 17 years, becoming the head of team services for Adidas. And then she did the unthinkable. She walked away. Today, Heather is the founder and CEO of Heather Lowey Life and Leadership Coaching, as well as founder of The Mom Huddle, a blog about motherhood and not just surviving, but truly thriving as a mother. She shares with us on this episode her journey to realizing she was no longer pursuing a career that brought her purpose and fulfillment, how she managed to get out of her comfort zone, the steps that she took to identify what she might want to do, and ultimately now what has fueled her passion for working with clients who are looking to make similar changes or perhaps just taking down some big goals that they have in their careers. Heather's story is incredible, it's inspiring, and it's real. Enjoy. Welcome to Rising Tide, Heather. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I'm so happy to have you on. And I, oh, as always, I'm so excited to get to unpack your story. And even for me, just to get to learn more about you and, and all these incredible things that you've done and are actively doing. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I feel like I say that and people are like, no pressure, Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many things, right? Okay. Sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, I think quick backstory for everyone listening. Heather and I got connected because we I went to an event and mm -hmm. it was a virtual meetup for linking indie women. And I randomly, I just wanted to go and see what it was all about. And I had the good fortune of getting put into a breakout group with you. Yeah. And you know, sometimes when you have people who you hear them talk and you listen to them and you're like immediately drawn to them. That was you. And so Oh, you know, well, thank you. Forward. I felt the same way. <laughs> oh, yay. Well, fast forward. Here we are a month later getting to do this, which is so cool. And I think one of the things that really, really stuck out is that you are founder and CEO of a life and leadership coaching company. And I just think what you're doing is so cool. Will you tell us a little bit about where you play in the coaching space and what, what areas you focus on with your clients? Absolutely. So I would say it's, it was funny to hear you call me the founder and CEO of my own company. Like it's still very <laughs> bizarre. It wasn't something that I thought I was going to be doing, but here I am. Yeah. So I work with a variety of clients, actually. One of the things that over, over the two years that I've been doing this, I realized is I enjoy the variety. So I do dabble in a little bit of resume and, and preparing people for when they're going into an interview process 
getting LinkedIn updated, things like that. That's not something that I would want to do with every single client. Like I said, I dabble in that. I enjoy like helping people in that space, especially people early on in their career. That's fun to like kind of support them in that manner. But then I've also been working with some clients who are starting their own businesses. And, and I am always very clear at the beginning, I am not a business coach. If you are looking for a business coach or a consultant, that's not me. I live more in the space of, of your hype woman, your, your accountability partner, and just really being there to have someone to bounce ideas off of and set up the next set of goals for yourself. And then here most recently, what I've really been focused on is kind of this transformation series. And so working with clients who know that there's this, they've hit this point of what's next in my journey and just don't know where to go from there, you know, not, not allowing them the time and the space to think through what they want to do, how they want to get there. Maybe they've hit the pinnacle of, of what they wanted to do in their career and they're like, okay, now what, you know, and if, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into this, but that's a lot of what my story was. I hit that point and I sat in that what's next phase for, if I'm honest with myself, probably about four years (laughs) and just really didn't know what I wanted to do, you know? And so what I ended up doing was working with a coach and doing some different programs. And so this series that I've put together is really kind of a culmination of all those experiences and allowing somebody to gain that clarity that they're looking for before they just make a really emotional decision. Yes. I love, I just am such a huge fan of your transformation series and what you're making available. And you mentioned a couple of things and I think they actually probably will tie together, which is, you know, your journey has informed, you know, that especially kind of the transformation series. And you said something right before you started, which was, you know, being a founder and CEO wasn't ever something you saw yourself doing. So I guess like, of course, it begs the question of like, why not? What were you doing instead? Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously you, you're doing this now, but like you, you weren't always doing it. So what did you see yourself doing? Well, so I guess I'm trying to think of how far to back it up. So I'll go to my senior year in college and I decided to do an internship with sports teams. And so I applied for all of the people in college or early on in their career, I did something that was kind of crazy. I applied to every single NFL, NBA, and major league baseball team for an internship. And this was back in the days of like really old computers. Like this was not a fast process. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had one team call me back out of all of that. And it was the Boston Celtics. And so with that, I, I flew out there on my own dime. This was back in the day before internships were paid, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, I flew out there for the interview. I really, frankly, think they probably hired me because they were like, this woman flew herself out here. We probably kind of owe it to her. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and I had a wonderful experience. I still keep in touch with a lot of people there. And, and that really launched me into this career in sports that I, I envisioned myself being in, frankly, forever. And so upon graduating, I was going to work in a PR department of an NBA team. Well, there's only about 60 of those positions available and none of them were available. So I kind of had my own what's next piece in my journey, which lasted about two weeks. 
And then I started with Reebok at the time. They had just signed a deal with the NBA and they were looking for people to kind of execute the partnership. And so I became one of those NBA reps um, and working on both the NBA and WNBA. And really just, I, I tell people all the time, it was really, it was great because I landed my dream job, but it was also not great because I landed my dream job because I really didn't know where to go next. So that led to, I thought maybe I'd be there for Can a couple I of years. For a sec? Yeah. So I'm curious. Okay. So this is so fun, right? We already hit like the first transformation in your process of like (laughs) what you were going for and kind of where you pivoted to. So, you know, all right, there were no PR positions available with NBA roles. So how did you get the job at Reebok? Like I'm sure people like anyone who is familiar with this industry knows it's, it's very competitive. It's, Mm -hmm. It's very, a lot of people seek it out. So I know there's probably a story there as far as like, how did <laughs> you even find it? And then, you know, win the position. Yeah. Networking and mentorship are two key pieces in my own coaching to people is, is the importance of both of those things, because it was so pivotal in my own journey. I got a call from my boss for my internship and said, I know the VP of Reebok and they just signed this deal and he's looking for a few people to service this, call him right away. So it was really that, that networking and keeping in touch with one of my most favorite mentors ever. And so that was kind of how that, that led. And the funny thing is, I I think it's, it's great. You bring this point up because when I started there, I was working on handling the apparel deal. We were working on the uniforms and all this stuff. I don't have an apparel background. I didn't even know what an inseam was when I started. <laughs> I had like equipment manager to say, what's the inseam on that pant? And I'm like, I'm going to have to get back to you. I'm like, I, I don't even know what that means, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, but it was a great learning curve. I, I think before we started that you mentioned drinking from a fire hose when you start a new job and it was absolutely that way. You know, we, we joked at the first couple of years of this, because it was the beginning of our NBA partnership with Reebok and eventually Adidas as well. And so, you know, we were making product for the NFL at the same time. So our sweatpants were way too big. They weren't for the, they weren't for your typical basketball player. And, you know, all these things that we were doing and we were learning and growing and kind of growing up with the partnership. And so a lot of my identity got tied into that too, because it was, again, I was growing up in my early part of the career with this partnership. And that kind of comes into play later when I, I had to kind of figure out my new identity that didn't involve the NBA partnership. Right. Gosh. Well, you know, I think what's so neat about that is, well, I I actually probably want to clarify before I say what I was going to say, which is Mm -hmm. the person that you worked for in your internship and clearly like really had just an amazing relationship. It sounds like they knew what you were looking for and maybe even that you were stuck. Is that, had you kind of communicated that to them of like, there's nothing available in the NBA. If you hear of anything, let me know. Or did they just reach out out of the blue? Both a little bit. I I was keeping in touch, I guess is the best way to put it. And just, yeah. Telling them, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for something. I, I want to be in this sports space in some yeah. capacity. So when you hear of something, please do let me know. Yeah. And did. 
I'm so struck by like the concept there of like, one, you never know who can help you. And so, you know, the relationships that you build and and like the work that you do, like it can really open up doors for you in the future. And then, you know, it seems almost simple, but like, I think we always forget is like telling somebody what you're looking for. letting people help you, you know, like Mm -hmm. who knows if he would have tapped you and said like, go chase this. If he didn't know that this is where your interest or passion really lied. So I think, you know, again, as, as people are thinking about their, their careers or their life, like the importance of just letting people know I'm looking for this and Mm -hmm. can you keep an ear to the ground for me rather than like, I think it's easy to hold that in and to not share that because it's a vulnerable place, right? You want to kind of, you strike this path, you want to do it on your own and asking for help doesn't mean you're not doing it on your own, right? Right. And so there's that vulnerability piece that I think people are hesitant to do, but you're right. That was a very good learning for for myself early on that just being open to the process and talking to people and keeping those relationships strong and, and being able to be vulnerable. At the beginning of just even launching my coaching business, it was reaching out to people within my network and saying like, here's what I'm looking for. And I didn't have a, a great description of my ideal client because I'm, mm-hmm. you know, even still figuring that out along the way, but being in that vulnerable space to say, this is what I'm looking for. And I, right. I really hope that you keep me in mind kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Well, and I, I, it's so interesting how on so many of these, what I'm, what we'll find is like, our like 18 to 21 year old selves actually have quite a lot to teach us <laughs> that, that uh, we, we we're still that same person, but we may have forgotten a few things along the way, or we've, we've made life more complicated than it needs to be. And, and she's actually quite brilliant. <laughs> and we need to remind ourselves and tap back into that. You know, um, I think oh, that's it's, a good point. It's really good. You didn't lose sight of, you didn't lose sight of her because you, you did that again for yourself. Okay. So let's, I kind of derailed us a little bit. And so thank you for going into that. Cause I think that's such an interesting part of kind of navigating next steps in life and careers. So, okay. So I kind of cut you off right about when you were, you were kind of setting up this really great teaser of like, you know, you were kind of coming up in age and career in parallel, this beautiful story with the NBA as that relationship with Reebok was coming up and growing. And you even kind of set out there of like, you landed your dream job. So tell us more, kind of pick us up where we left off. Yeah. So somewhere along the way in that journey, Adidas purchased Reebok. And so I kind of flipped brands, but continued to do the same role in that. So I was working with the NBA still because the partnership for basketball became the under the Adidas umbrella. And so I, I'd like to put it this way. When I worked with our equipment managers and trainers and marketing departments of the teams and stuff, I went from kind of that being the little sister and viewed as, well, I have actually a great story about that. So when I walked into one of the very first times I was meeting with the New York Knicks and I walk into the locker room and I'm, you know, talking to the equipment manager and the head trainer comes in and he kind of gives me this sideways look. And here I'm like maybe 23 and, you know, this young woman sitting in this locker room and he goes, what do you hear selling Girl Scout cookies? (laughs) And I just, And I kind of, I was a little bit embarrassed, but at the same time, I just kind of rolled with it. Well, so flash forward a couple months later, they were back and I was visiting them again and I brought him a box of Girl Scout cookies and I immediately like had him, like he, he and I were very good friends after that. Like he enjoyed the fact that it was like this jovial relationship and I, I didn't get offended by that, but I think it kind of set the tone for our relationship um, moving forward. But so I went from that, like, 
little sister in this to kind of, then I was like the big sister. And then somewhere along the way, like I was like the mom, you know, I'd call the equipment managers and be like, where's your order? What's happening? You know, what are we doing here? And they're like, okay, mom, I'll get it in. And that was fun for me. I enjoyed those relationships and how they, they blossomed throughout all that time. And really coming back, I, I think we maybe talked about this before, but I lost my mom during this process. And so that was back in 2007. And it was a really devastating blow for me as a individual. And I think that the relationships that I had established through, through my time there, I leaned on them a lot and they kind of supported me in a way that was much more than just like coworkers, you know, and, and friends. It was really they kind of rallied around me and helped me. So again, like further tying up my identity into, okay, this is what I do. This is who I am. And so there was a point in time where I was like, I don't know that I want to do this anymore, but I don't even know what I'm good at. And I think mm. because my identity had gotten so tied up in this and, and, you know, when you have those thoughts, and I think we've talked about this before with your, with your career path too, it's like, what would they do without me? What would I do without them? And so I was, I hit that point in the journey, but I had also was climbing the ladder slowly, but surely. I mean, we were a small group and I didn't really want to do anything else. I wanted to stay kind of in this team services space that I was in. And so I finally was at that point running our team so, services group. So let me, let me make sure I'm clear. So it sounds like you were at this point where you were feeling like unsettled something what you like mm-hmm. you wanted something different but you weren't quite sure you didn't you'd only kind of known this one arena mm-hmm. pun intended pun. <laughs> well played <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so even trying to consider something outside it sounds like seemed daunting to the point where it's like you know what I'll like eventually I'll, I'll figure it out but like something's not right quite right. I kind of feel it, but I have no idea what I would do. So I'm just going to keep going until hopefully I figure it out. That's exactly it. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure I was, I was tracking with you. So, okay. So then you were now, you you said you were in charge of the team that you'd been. Yeah. I was in charge of the team services group. So so I was working on more than just our MBA partnership, but really all of our league partnerships um, as well. And again, like when you climbing the ladder, climbing the ladder. And then it's anything else outside of that. I, you know, I had a lot of flexibility Mm because I'd been there for so long. I was, you know, trusted. People knew I was going to get my stuff done. I had a great team, really enjoyed everybody. You know, things are just flowing in a really good manner. So it's hard to imagine leaving all of that to start something different. And I really struggled with that for a long time. Every time I had the thoughts of, I get in my own head, right. Of, oh my gosh, if I leave, I won't have X, Y, and Z. And I really had no idea what X, Y, and Z were, or if that was actually true, if I would have them or not, but in my make-believe mind, all the what ifs creeped in and I, I couldn't get past that. Yeah. Okay. So, so then what? Cause obviously you've gotten past it. So keep, keep us, keep us going on this trail. I'm like, I feel like I'm sitting on the edge of my seat being like, oh my gosh, because that makes so much sense, right? It makes so much sense of like, 
all the reasons you should stay, all the reasons the world tells you, like, you'd be crazy to leave this. You're, you know, you've moved up. You love the space that you're in. This is what you always wanted. This was your dream job. You have flexibility. You're respected. You have great relationships. You know, to your point, like your identity was very interwoven at this point with the MBA. You know, it seems very logical that I think a lot of people are listening to that going like, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. I personally cannot relate. I'm I'm the classic millennial and that I, I appear to be a job hopper. But that I think when you are established somewhere, it's really difficult. And, you know, you made the comment of like, what would they do without me? And mm-hmm. what would I do without them? Like that is sadly unhealthy, but it's so real, right? Because yeah. I think you're probably why you were so good at your job is that you looked after people and you cared so deeply. And so like, while your intention was probably really good of like, what would they do without me? It was quite limiting for you Mm -hmm. because it was holding you back. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, we lost the MBA deal. That was, Mm. that was probably the, the big kicker, if you will. And just after those deals come and go, uh, it was 15 years. Mm. And so, I knew at that point in time, like, uh, I think it's ready. It's time for me to go. But at the same time, I was trying to replace it with a lot of other things. And I don't mean to make these other things sound like they were less important. They were not at all. I think in my own mind, though, there was always this comparison. And, you know, and I tried to shove that down, but I was like, oh, it's just not the same. And I here recently, especially have been reading a lot about change and mm-hmm. I was not willing to change. And so not doing that, I was really becoming very stagnant. So I was just trying to replace, replace, compare, uh, even though I was consciously maybe not doing it, I was absolutely subconsciously doing it. And I just one day had this epiphany, if you will. I was, I was actually on a plane ride home from our Portland office. And I just was suddenly said to myself, like, you're being a victim. Like you've never been a victim in your life. Like, and you're acting like the victim, all of these things you can control. Like if you don't like this space anymore, then do something about it. And so did anything trigger that? I think I just, I was feeling really sorry for myself (laughs) and which was so pathetic. I I will fully admit that. Like, I was like, God, why do I feel so sorry for myself right now? And it was, woe is me. Oh, you know, you have this well-paying job and it's a lot of fun on the outside and woe is me, you know? And, And so I just kind of like had my own kick in the ass of like, Heather, you're being absolutely ridiculous. Like this is all within your control. And so I had just had a really good conversation with my boss when I got back and decided to leave. And he was like, you know, I know you're frustrated. So take some time to think about it. Ultimately, I decided I, I stayed on through the end of that was 2019, uh, 2018, excuse me, um, through the end of that year. Um, so I could finish some things out. But then I left and I, for the first time in my life, jumped out of an airplane without a parachute, right? I didn't have a plan. And, you know, for 17 years, I'd had a plan. Actually, arguably, every year up to my life, I'd had a plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm a planner by nature. And so I- Tell us talk- about that. Yeah. So, so I- like, Tell I, us about that. Emo- like, I can't, I mean, I'm just like, I'm sweating thinking about that. <laughs> when it's like, because <laughs> it's like, I'm sure at the moment it was like, this is great. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, (laughs) what the hell did I just do? Yeah. I, again, called on a lot of mentors, people that I respect and just 
had some really good conversation about, I am feeling this way. I I think it's time for me to leave, but I really don't know what I want to do. And so at that point in time, I was connected to a coach and I started working with her. And I also went into this group program as well. And it was called Different Next Year. And it was this whole process of going through and reflecting and, and thinking. And to be honest with you, I really enjoy writing. I hadn't sat down and written anything about my thoughts, my feelings, you know, the things I thought I was good at, the things other people told me I was good at, you know, none of those things. Every time I would think about new job, I would just go to my resume, go to LinkedIn, you know, do all those things, but that wasn't getting me anywhere because then I'd get in my own head. Um, and so really that's kind of where the, the what's next program came from of like, okay, the the thing that really pushed me through that was all of that reflection. And I will tell you, it was hard. I I did not enjoy some of the reflection (laughs) because it made you think I had to sit there and process some feelings that frankly, I probably should have gone to a therapist years before that, but that's, you know, hindsight's 2020. (laughs) But I did a ton of reflecting during that time. And, And I had some places reach out about positions that were very, very similar to what I had been doing. And, and I will be honest, I almost jumped a couple of times because it was easy. It was comfortable, but my coach and actually my husband both said to me at one point, I thought you were going to give this some time because you wanted to do something different. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, you're right. That's, I did say that, you know, <laughs> you had to think about that a little bit. So I, told them I was not going to make any decisions right away. And through all that processing and writing, I actually ended up starting a blog. It's called the mom huddle. And I just tell goofy stories about my family. And I, you know, I'm the self-proclaimed president of the Lowy fraternity house. And so I tell stories about uh, living with three boys and all those adventures. And that's been really fun. And I, I don't have the intent of that necessarily turning into a a livelihood, but it was just a a fun outlet for me. And then I also started to, one of the things that I did was created a mission statement through working with the coach and the group program that I was a part of. And my mission statement ended up being connection through radiating happiness. Mm. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know where that would lead me. But then as I started to get into this coaching space, I was like, yes, this is fulfilling that mission more so than a lot of the other things that I've been doing for a long time. Okay. So, all right, we, I've got to back up this sec. Cause <laughs> all right, this is, <laughs> this is so great. So I think a couple of things that stand out is that the courage that it takes to not go back to like, you made a really brave decision at the end of 2018 to leave this career that it was no longer fulfilling you the way that it had before and that you needed a change and not just a, not just a change of organization, but like total career change. And then to still be approached, you know, kind of that temptation to come back Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of courage. So it's really great that you, you know, it sounds like again, having a really strong support network of, in your case, it was having a coach and your husband that were really strong sounding boards to help ground you back in what you had said was important to you. Mm -hmm. And then gosh, darn, that would be, I mean, that in and of itself is just so, so freaking hard. And then, Oh, and don't, don't think it didn't come with some self-doubt. Like there, (laughs) 
And there were right. moments where I was like, am I going to regret this decision? But right. Yeah. Give, give us a, a feel for like, how long was this period of time before you, you kind of found coaching? So like in a 2018 reflection, working with coaches, you know, being recruited for these jobs, turning them down. Like what's this window of time look like? Yeah. Like, it was how about long a four is month, it? About a four month span. Four months. Um, okay. And there was a, cause I didn't, even though I was working with a coach, I still didn't really understand the coaching industry, that space, any of that it was very foreign to me. And she had had me fill out a bunch of paperwork and we were talking one day, this was early April. And she said, I just have to ask you a question, Heather. Have you ever thought about being a coach yourself? And I just started laughing and I was like, uh, no, because I didn't know you people existed until like two years ago. <laughs> and, uh, she said, well, and I said, it just doesn't feel like it's a thing in the sports industry. And I said, and which is kind of ironic given, you know, you think of coaching and stuff, but from a career standpoint, and she kind of jokingly said, well, I think you just found your target market. I don't want to say that I ran off to the races first thinking that was going to be my target market. And, and I do coach some people in that space, but it, I'm also enjoying the variety of people outside of that space. And, you know, I worked with somebody in the finance industry. I don't know the first thing about the finance industry, but like some of the goals and things that we were working on, it was really intriguing. And I also find that there are similar problems in all the industries. They're just packaged mm -hmm. up a little bit differently. And I think maybe you and I had talked about that before too, but it's really, it's been fascinating for me to find that a lot of similar problems just again, packaged up differently. I don't know what other way to say it. So when she approached you about being a coach, so it sounds like that, like, how did you know it resonated with you? I think she did a really good job of describing it. She said, mm -hmm. Heather, some of the stuff that you filled out about, you know, being um, a leader and, and that was less about managing, directing, da, 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 you know, those types of vernacular, if you will. It was more about seeing the people that you, that report into you, like succeed and go on and do these other great things. And just feeling like you may have been a small part of that and being excited for their wins and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that is. And it really described to a T and she said, well, that's a lot of what coaching is. It's really helping people, holding them accountable, helping them see what they may not see in themselves. And, and so one of the things I like to describe to people is look, I'm, I'm here to help you read the label on the outside of the bottle that you're sitting in. You can't read it. <laughs> you know, it's there. It's fuzzy. You're trying to make it out. And I'm here to just help you read that label and then we can move forward. And so that was, that was super appealing to me. So I started looking into it and I did, you know, lots of Google searches. <laughs> also got lots of like random sports coaching things coming up. I'm like, not what I mean. <laughs> I don't want to be the lacrosse coach for some random school, but yeah. And so I, I started looking into it and I ended up going through the same program that my coach had gone through. I knew I wanted to, and there are, there are people out there who don't go through a program. They have enough life experience and stuff for me. And, and they're great at what they do for me. I knew I really wanted tools and things that I could fall back on. So the, the program that I went through, I, I'm, you know, a lifetime member now. And so I, I have lots of resources and things that I can fall back on and share with, with clients that is super helpful and makes me more confident. I tell people I got certified for myself, not for my clients. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that's such an, again, it's such a great call out of 
with anything, but in this case with coaching, you can go about the process lots of different ways. And what it really comes down to is yourself and what you need to feel good and to feel confident and to feel ready, you know, I guess as ready as you can feel with something like this. And so, you know, again, having that self-awareness and understanding of if I, if I really want to give this my all, what needs to be true for me to do that? And, Mm -hmm. you know, that answer is going to be different for every single person, but knowing, being able to answer it for yourself is what matters most. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. I kind of want to go back because now we're like right on the precipice of like you're launching, but Mm -hmm. you know, when you think about it and you never really kind of saw yourself as like running your own business and being an entrepreneur, (laughs) was there a reason why, like, did, you know, like maybe why you didn't see yourself as that? I think from, you know, coming right out of college and going into a corporate space, I just saw myself in that corporate space and, and, you know, always trying to climb the ladder and, and be again in that, in that corporate space. I don't, I, yeah. And, um, I didn't envision myself being an entrepreneur. And even when I went and I started the program that I went, uh, I went through a, a program called IPEC, that's Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And even when I started that, I, my, in my head, I was picturing myself being a coach, but like with an organization. And so whether that was an internal corporate coach or, you know, working with an HR service company as like a independent contractor, I wasn't quite sure exactly what that meant, but I didn't really envision launching my own business. So October was my second module. I went up to Chicago three times for these modules in person back when we could do in-person things. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I came home from that experience in October and I just looked at my husband and I said, I think I want to launch my own business. And I was a little bit surprised that I even said it out loud. And I, I really don't know what it was that made me think that, but I think just the whole experience and like, they were talking about entrepreneurship as part of that module and, and stuff. And it just, it was really intriguing to me, Mm. but an interesting point to that is, so another coworker, and she is now ironically a coach as well. Her and I caught up a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about this and I told her that story. I said, I, you know, I really didn't envision myself being an entrepreneur. And she said, Heather, I want to point something out to you. She was like, for as long as I knew you in that corporate space, even though you were in corporate. She's like, your department sort of ran like this little company inside of a larger company. And she goes, you did a lot of entrepreneurial things in that space. So she's like, I'm not surprised in the least bit that that was the journey that you chose. And I just, I was so God that, and I, that was very kind of her to say that, but it was just, it was kind of interesting how other people see you versus how you see yourself in that moment. And it just really caught me off guard that she said that. And I was like, gosh, I've never really thought about the things that we did. Cause it was within the Adidas and Reebok world, our, that department was very outside the lines, if you will. (laughs) So, so it does have that kind of entrepreneurial feel, but I never realized that until she pointed that out to me. Wow. That's really, you know, it's so great. And I think it's such a testament to, to your, openness and flexibility to like, as you know, kind of that, like tuning in as things are presenting themselves to you, like as they're resonating with you and, you know, being okay. This is such an interesting concept of like shedding beliefs that you've held 
that mm-hmm. maybe are no longer true or no longer serve you yeah. and being open to creating new beliefs. And, and, you know, it's such an interesting, I mean, I thank you for sharing a little bit more about it because, you know, I think it sounds like from what your friend has shared, you were always in some ways operating with an entrepreneurial spirit. And yet, you know, we kind of put definitions on things or, mm, you know, totally like stereotype, like yep. this is, you know, well, I'm not, I'm not that. And yet you had a ton of transferable skills. And then eventually, you know, by putting yourself out there, by exposing yourself to new things, you know, you kind of created new awareness that yeah. what, what actually was speaking to your, to your head and heart. And I, I just think that's so admirable. And and through all of this, right, it sounds like that openness to like trying new things, putting yourself out there and just getting exposed is such an important part of this journey of figuring it out. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I will say, I haven't always been that way. You know, there were, mm-hmm. there were certain points in my career where it was very set in my ways. Again, hindsight's 2020 and I'm like, oh, good Lord. Like there were times where I'm like, I wish I would have been more open to just seeing how things played out instead of trying to control the situation. But I think a lot of that came with content now and the stuff that I read and Mm. listen to podcasts and, you know, even the things that I follow on Instagram, like it's all inspirational and being open to the processes and in those, and that, that has definitely had a, an effect as well on my ability to, to create that shift. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. What we feed our brain, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. What we what we feed our brain and 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 even just again, I think kind of exposing ourselves to things that are outside of our even our comfort zone a little bit because mm-hmm. it's really easy to get unintentionally stuck when you stay in your bubble because you're yeah. just getting, you know, you're kind of getting the same information over and over again as opposed to kind of lifting your head up every now and then. And I think the other kind of big thing that stands out is like it will happen when you're ready. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, cause I remember, I think you'd said to me, like, it was good until it wasn't. <laughs> and then it was like, all of a sudden I was like, you knew something had to change. And I, and I think that's so true of, of just like anything in life where it's like these big changes, small changes, you know, whatever it is, but like they won't happen until you're actually ready to see them and to accept them and to do something about it, you Absolutely. know, and, and um, whatever timeline that is, like, it's your timeline. I think you, you bring up a great point because I think if I had chosen to leave maybe even two years prior to when I did, I would have jumped into another role. Like it, the timing wasn't right for me to take this step and, you know, go on this journey of entrepreneurship and, and some of those things. And so I think it would have played out very differently and not necessarily in a bad way per se, but I think I would have been in a very different space had it been even two years or even one year prior. Like I, right. you're right. There's the timing was, was right. The stars were aligned for me to like do the thing that I did at that moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. And the best part is you paid attention, which I think is so great. Okay. So, all right. So we're October, 2018 and you've decided, okay, I'm not going to necessarily go work at a company. I'm actually thinking I'm going to go do this thing myself. Yeah. That's so great. So then what? (laughs) To say I launched a business sounds way more involved than it really was. I created a website. (laughs) 
a that's a lot by the but way it, for anyone that's is. listening that's a ton <laughs> it is it is um i i laugh though because i you can tweak and tweak and tweak and and then you finally just realize that you're just avoiding because you're mm. nervous and i was absolutely doing that so that was actually october of 2019 uh, is when I decided I want to launch my own business and give this a whirl. So my birthday's in November. So I made a goal like, okay, November 15th, I'm going to launch my business, which essentially meant make my website live so people could book into my calendar. And so I did. And then it was great. I finished up my certification program that January then of 2020. And I was off to the races. I had some workshops lined up um, with some local companies and had some clients, had some paying clients. It was really like things were kicking. And then uh, March, 2020 happened as we all know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you start to look at yourself and say, what did I just do? So what I actually will say that 2020 helped me. And that may seem like an odd thing to say, but for me, I am a shiny objects person. I think we've talked about that before, but uh, (laughs) I enjoy a lot of things. And so now, you know, I'm in this space with total freedom, can do whatever I want. And, and so I didn't have a target market necessarily. So I'm, you know, going here, going here, going here in 12 different directions and loving it all. But I think what happened was 2020, everything coming to a screeching halt, it helped me to focus a little bit. And so now that doesn't come without some, some heartache, like for about six weeks there, I really was not quite sure what to do. Um, But then I put on my big girl pants and joined some networking events through LinkedIn and started talking to other entrepreneurs and finding out that some of these people who had been doing this for 20 plus years were having some of these same thoughts and feelings. And so just really immersing myself into the space was extremely helpful. I've gotten some great mentors out of that as well. And then started to realize, okay, like you are not going to have as many clients as you wanted in this first part of the year. Part of that is part of my advertising mechanism was going to be doing workshops. Well, Mm -hmm. there are no workshops and I didn't feel totally comfortable in the online space to be able to do it. I did some by the end of the year, but at that point in time, I wasn't all gung ho for online. And so I used the time to create content. So I created some workshop content that made a little bit more sense alignment wise with what I was doing. And then that's also when I came up with the, the what's next process and that transformation coaching package to really work with clients on what I had gone through. And, and I want to be clear and say, me saying that I've gone through what you may be feeling doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and give you all the shoulds. Like you should do this. You should do this. Like that's not at all what this is about. It's really about figuring out what self-reflection resonates with the client and then how to kind of take that and walk them through a process to figure out what it is that they want to do next. And so 2020 happening really helped me to like reel that in instead of running in 12 directions. Maybe I was only running in six directions, which is good for my, my crazy heart. (laughs) Yes. Well, I just, I think that's, that's so helpful to hear. And I think even the, like, I think breaking out the timeframe too, of like, you know, this is, especially in this case, because this is such a major career change that this is a, it's a process over time and it's not a flip of a switch. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, again, I think for anyone who's listening, that's like maybe considering it, entertaining that it's like, you know, it's, it's going to be this journey. It's not just going to, you know, you may know it's time to make a change, but you know, it may take a year or even two to get you to your new destination. And that's okay. Such a great point. Yes. Because yeah. again, like I think our natural instinct and mine was for a very long time was to, well, if I want to do something different, I got to update my resume and get my LinkedIn updated. Yes. But that's about six months to a year down the road. I really want to figure out what it is I even want to do. And I think um, another part of my journey that I didn't talk about really was probably about 12 years in, I kind of knew that I wanted to do something, but I filled that void with volunteering. Mm. And that, that lasted for quite a while. Um, I did a lot of work with Girls Inc., which is a local, well, they're nationwide, but I worked with the Indianapolis chapter and going into schools and, and teaching young girls to be bold, smart, and strong. And so for me, that actually filled that void that I was feeling of the the service aspect of things for, for a number of years. And so that's the other thing with this transformation. Sometimes people may find out like, actually, if I add something into my work, the work is fine. I need something else in there that's fulfilling to me. But again, you don't know that until you go through a reflective process to figure out what's missing and how do I take small sustainable steps to get there versus the emotional knee-jerk reaction and (laughs) going down a crazy path. Right. Well, and I think it's that whole concept of like, you're not running away from something. You never want to run away from something. You're running to something. Absolutely. And, and, you know, because making a decision rooted in that versus rooted in running away, like that will most times only end in heartache mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and repeating a cycle where you just find yourself back in the same situation again and again and again. Mm-hmm. I think what you're doing to take your experience, like how cool is it now that you have, you have the hindsight, you can look and like, you've taken all these pieces of your experience and it's culminated you know, in 2020, you gained clarity on creating this program now where like one of the main areas you're focusing is on helping people who are going through their major transformations and that Mm -hmm. you can take all of this that you've gone through your experiences, what you learned, all the content and kind of cherry pick out a program so that others don't have to go alone. And instead they can just team up with you. I think that's just I think it's so cool when you can look back and you actually see how all the pieces now start to fit together. Yeah, it was, you know, once I had the idea, it took me maybe an hour to sit here and outline the process itself. What's taken me a really long time is (laughs) Canva and doing all of that stuff, (laughs) putting the actual thing together. But the outline was just, once I got in the zone, it was very quick and easy to throw that together and to say like, yeah, this is the steps. And I, you know, had the, had my post-its all over the window and I was shifting things around based on that. And, um, that, but it came together very quickly in that manner. That's really cool. You know, the other thing that you mentioned again, and I keep, it's, it's come up as a theme is like the seeking a community, Mm. right? Whether it's like, again, like early on, it was sharing what you were looking for with mentors and, you know, people who you had worked for. And then, you know, in 2020, it was finding groups of other coaches to understand, like, is this normal? Are you having these challenges? How are you dealing with this? And I think that's again, so wise of 
not staying up in your own head and instead going in and trying to get a sense for what are others doing and mm-hmm. what are others experiencing? And, you know, maybe, maybe what I'm living and experiencing isn't crazy at all. In fact, it's actually quite normal and it <laughs> kind of takes away some of that unnecessary fear and anxiety. For sure. I've always um, found myself surrounded by supportive people. I actually just wrote about this for my blog, but the, and the, really that was the premise for, for my blog of finding your people and surrounding yourself with those that are going to lift you up and support you because, you know, growing up, I grew up in a small community and and my mom was a big part of that. And her team of moms, you know, were, were a great influence on, you know, making sure that you're surrounding yourself with, with supportive people. And then, you know, flash forward when I get to high school, same thing. When I got to college, same thing. And then some of the, you know, I have friends all throughout those times and they're lifelong friends, but it just seems like each phase of my life, I've kind of plopped down into like, yes, here's my people. And these, these people are supportive and great. And, and so that's been, that's been really fun, but you're right. Like it's, it's, I think it's also like seeking that out intentionally. And I think for me, it's become such a second nature that it's not even intentional anymore. It just sort of happens. Well, since it's, it sounds like it's a, an area of strength and something that you've kind of had throughout your life. If you could pinpoint, you know, like what, what has allowed you to have this community or, or how have you gone about creating it for yourself? Is there anything that you could recommend or that you could think of, think through that, like, like somebody might be able to replicate that would help them if that's maybe not a strength of theirs. That's a great point. I think I, I put myself out there. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of it, which I know probably gives people, some people hives to hear that. (laughs) Um, But I think the, you know, I've, I've always been somebody who just, I'll talk to anybody and everybody. I'm, I'm that woman on a plane who ends up having some best friends by the time we land. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I say that knowing I am aware, like if somebody doesn't want to talk, I, I, I do read the cues. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not that person, um, but no, I just, I think, um, I've always been able to talk to people. I think it's because I'm just very curious. I always like to hear people's stories, And so it's just led me to be able to talk to people in a very open manner. That's really great. Yeah. So being curious, putting yourself out there. And again, I think that like almost open mind, I mean, willing to talk to somebody on a plane, like, you know, yeah, sometimes you're like, I know we're not doing that. I'm going to put the headphones in. I'm going to watch the movie. I just need to take a nap, whatever. But I think that even in that example, you just never know who you're sitting next to. So like just being naturally curious and kind of letting, you know, and it's like, you never know, you never know. So, I mean, even that's kind of how you and I got connected. It's like, right. we just kind of randomly <laughs> got put into a breakout room and, you know, here we are. So, well, um, and I think too, you bring up a great point of like, join the breakout rooms, right? You've got to put yeah, yourself you be in, in the a room. spot to be able to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to put yourself in an environment to even have a shot. And that, that's true with anything, you know, it's like, we can think about things in our head all day long. Nothing happens until we actually step into, here we go again, step into the arena. Now I'm thinking of like Brene Brown of like, the, <laughs> you know, talking about courage and, you know, being the person in the arena instead of in the stands, but it is, it's that whole point of like, you have to, you have to act. And then, yeah. you know, then you go from there, but it's, it's got to start with action. All right. Well, I know we're, we're kind of coming close to time here. So favorite question I love to ask. Okay. Which is, 
either advice that you were given in your career that has just served you so well, or something that you've learned throughout your either career or life that, you know, has really been impactful for you. But there was just that one thing that no matter what you wanted to make sure people walked away with, Mm -hmm. what would that be? One thing. Oh gosh. (laughs) Um, I think it would be that networking isn't just for job searching. Mm-hmm. And I say that because that leads into like keeping in touch with your mentors and being intentional about continuing to build your network. Sometimes people can think of network as kind of icky, like, oh, people just want something. But I think if you add value and are willing to give something in return, even if it's just a listening ear, like it, it doesn't have to be a tangible thing that you're actually giving. But I think that networking is so incredibly important and people forget to do it until they're approaching like a job change or feel like they need to. And if we could shift and and make this just a part of our everyday life, it would be so different because I think you learn so much too. That's where I learned about books and podcasts and all these different things, like all of this stuff. Like, so, so networking is at the pinnacle of all of these other things that come about. Yes. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more on that scene. That theme seems to continue resurfacing. And I think a lot of it is just redefining what we consider to be networking and the purpose of networking. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love that. Well, Heather, if somebody's listening and they're like, gosh, I love her. I want to talk to her. How, how would somebody get in touch with you to connect? Absolutely. At my website, it's very easy. It's just heatherlowey.com. There's no R in it. People say Lowry, the movie Bad Boys has forever <laughs> ruined our last name, but heatherlowey.com. And actually from there, it has my coaching website. It has the mom huddle blog. Um, I also do a little one time a week email on Wednesdays. It's called the midweek check-in. I started it just for my clients, but I've opened it up because I've had people who, you know, were former clients or kind of were like, I don't know if I'm interested in coaching right now, but I love what you have to say. And I'm like, well then sign up for this. And so I just send out a little, it's got inspiration, motivation. Sometimes it's jokes, like just once a week, a little thing to bring the end of the week to a close. So Oh, I love that. That's so great. I I think that's really great. And then are you calling it what's next or? I'm calling it transformation. Okay. Um, That's what I thought. Yep. And it answers the what's next question for my journey. Okay. And is that on the website as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody wants to find out more about the transformation program, they can get it at the website. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do a free discovery session for anybody that's even interested in just talking, hearing more about what coaching or a particular package is about with no strings attached. I'm, you know, very open to just making sure that we're a good fit. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Coaching is so much about chemistry. So that's amazing. Well, Heather, thank you so much for being on and for sharing your story and your journey and the path that you've taken to where you are now. It's just, it's so great to get to have insight into how you created what you're doing today. And then the impact that you're having with what you've learned along the way that you're now sharing with others. So, so cool. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I love to continue the conversation. (laughs) Yay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. 
I hope all of you enjoyed that. And perhaps for some of you heard a message that helps inspire you to perhaps act on that intuition, similar to what Heather described. If you want to connect with Heather, you can find her two different ways. You can follow along and subscribe to her blog at themomhuddle.com. If you are interested in perhaps working with Heather as a coach or just curious to learn more about her services, you can go to heatherlowey.com. I've included both of these links as well in the notes section for the podcast. So feel free to click there. If you enjoyed this episode or any other ones that you've been listening to, would love it if you just took a minute, leave us a review or mark some stars for us. We really appreciate that you're here. So grateful to have you in this community and excited to see you next time. Take care.